1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio Graves, and along with my co-host and all- around partner in crime Jack Humphrey, we are the co-founders of and Divizio.com, the and divisio.com, the all new affiliate network for companies doing good. How are you today, Jack?
0: Spectacular. It's trying really, really hard to finally be spring in Indiana.
1: Well, that's a good thing, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little bit sick of 50-degree weather now. It's uh, May. It's
1: May 1st, and it should be warmer.
0: I'm just saying, if anybody's listening in the weather department.
1: I should make you drool again. We have a week where our lows are around 70 at night, and our highs are around the 88, 89, and less than 10% humidity range.
2: It is gorgeous.
0: Yeah, justice is coming for you Floridians, though. It's going to be so hot soon, and you're going to wish you had Indiana weather.
1: (laughs) Thanks a lot. It's only for a couple months. (laughs) Anyway, we have got a great guest here with us today, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about him?
0: We have AJ he is, uh he's written presentations for the top gurus, including Marshall Silver and Les Brown and many more, uh, he's a master hypnotist and business coach and we put this all together at such a last minute, that's literally all the notes I have, so AJ, welcome <laughs> to Leverage Masters and start well. out with a little bit more about yourself. <laughs>
2: Sure, you know um, I have been in the industry of creating change in business and live seminars and events since I was 14 years old, so thir- 30 plus years of actually working with entrepreneurs and helping them get the most out of their, you know, out of who they are and uh, the the things around them, uh, you know, to maximize effectiveness. So the idea of you know, your, pop, uh, you know your, your, your show and your, uh, um, you know, leveraging and stuff is like right up my alley of things I love, respect, and do. So I really like what you do there. Uh, and yet, you know, so through the last uh, 30 plus years of doing this, um, you know, I've done, started off with a lot of personal development. Uh, then I got into uh, live seminars and events. And then where it gave me a chance to really learn about people. What them pick, what made them happy, what was important to them. Then I moved to working with entrepreneurs and business seminars. So now it's not just everybody but specific people and what are the challenges uh, entrepreneurs have and, you know, see, literally seeing thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people start businesses and and see what works long-term for people, what works short-term for people, why people quit, and what makes people successful uh, going to those business seminars. And then uh, I'm also a hypnotherapist, and so I certify, now I certify people in hypnotherapy, and that has gotten me to go to even on a deeper level of the personal development of the entrepreneur to find out you know, what's going on in their minds. And uh, kind of combined it all together. And, and being in the industry for so long, um, a, uh, a few years back I was living in Florida and, and I started a company uh, that's uh, uh, pretty well known, still going on today. It was, it was called The Speaking Empire. Um, I'm one of the original uh, creatives of that, uh, that, that company. And I wrote uh, sales presentations. Uh, one year I wrote 120 uh, sales presentations for, you know, many, many uh, of the – Seminar speakers, gurus, and teachers there, and you uh, know, I, I at ten grand a pop, one hundred twenty presentations in one year was was a uh, was a good start. <laughs> With a good start. You're that and, AJ. Yeah.
1: So you and I have actually met one another in person.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that AJ. <laughs> so I hear that. That's funny because I hear that from other people too. It's like they meet me and then they go, "Oh, you're that AJ." Because I was I never kinda, knew I'm your a, last
1: um, name. I just knew AJ yeah, is speaking I, empire. That was it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of the um you know my favorite name uh is uh, uh, uh like nickname someone's given me was Cato. And Cato was like the sidekick to the Green Hornet. He wasn't just a superhero, but he was a superhero superhero. He helped he helped people those people get up there. So I've I've always been kind of like the man behind the scene of things and uh of big companies and um you know uh big strategies and that's me. <laughs> well plus Cato was Texas Bruce Lee so guy. not too shabby on the Bruce Lee there. <laughs> Bruce Bruce Lee reference, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's where I've been. <laughs> It, and uh, now I'm living in in Vegas, and uh, the weather here is also very nice. <laughs>
0: you guys are about to pay for your Vegas, uh, for your weather, too, though. I remember the last time I was there, it was 114, and when I went outside, I felt like I had walked into literally an oven. It was just the weirdest thing, because it was so extremely dry, but so extremely hot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I think my
2: buttons are going to melt onto my chest, <laughs> my shirt. <laughs> well, I- I call a Vegas summer. is like a Michigan winter. You know, it's like, look, you just don't go. Oh, yeah. A Michigan winter, what? You can't just go outside. You got to get dressed. You got to like plan for your trips. And you just go from one inside to another inside. Same thing in Vegas. You know, it's like people say, I don't know how you walk outside in this weather. We don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the truth <turtles>. we, <laughs> we don't. We don't do yeah. that. I don't notice the heat because I don't go out in it. <laughs> but what, what's yeah. nice about Vegas is, I, um, you, know, uh, you know, from a leverage point of view, it's like when I was, um, uh, you know, in Florida, I was kind of seeing the same people, you know, kind of again and again. And, uh, and when I moved to uh, Vegas, it's like everyone I've ever met eventually comes through Vegas. <laughs> you know? Yep. And, and, uh, and so I don't need to travel. I travel a lot less. Uh, there's so many speak, you know, people do events and they come to Vegas. So, so um, I'm off, you know, it's easy for me to do that. And so it's been a, it's been a good position, good place for me to be for, for my business.
0: Is it still because I, you know, we used to have such an incredible uh, every year there were three or four or five or ten or a million things that were happening in Vegas. Everybody, all the marketing events happened there and things like that. And and, and it kind of trailed off or maybe I became a little less connected to it all. What is it like out there now, like speaking-wise, like marketing events and things like that, network, networking stuff?
2: You know, uh, they are – there are still there are plenty here in Vegas. It's happening, like, all the time, like, every weekend. I mean, it's like I could almost go to, you know, any of the major hotels any weekend, walk through there, and find an event that I know somebody at, you know. So, yeah, there's, there's still a lot here. What I've noticed as a trend uh, is that uh, a, a lot of speakers are uh, – like, there's a lot of speakers that live in Vegas, uh, but they don't speak in Vegas. There's a lot of speakers that used to live in San Diego, but they don't speak at home because they travel so much. The last thing they want to do when they get home is work and speak. Yeah, so they don't ruin in it. their own city. However, lately the trends a little bit different. People are like, I don't want to travel anymore. San Diego's beautiful. They're going to come here. And so now there's more events in San Diego and, and uh, people are holding more events at their, in their home, you know, in their hometowns, you know, uh, because of that. So I think there's yeah. a little trend there uh, that's uh, kind of changing. Some of the destination cities are, are a little bit different there.
0: Well, it's kind of – it's cool enough for Billy Idol and everybody who's, you know, uh, in residence in places like Vegas. You know, they, they're they mm-hmm. playing sort of at home. At least it's their temporary home for four years or however long it lasts, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so Vegas is like um, – it's got the best of everything. I mean, this is a destination place. So people are saying, I don't know how you live in Vegas. Well, we don't live on the Strip. We don't live at the casino. You know? <laughs> However, when we want yeah. to the best, you know, shows, the best restaurants, um, you know, they're, they're here. They're here. Yeah. So it's, so it makes it easy. Yeah. So, you know, one, one thing t- is uh, I think positioning being in the right place at the right time uh, and being in proximity is like a big key piece to business. Uh, I can't tell you how many times for myself or my clients that, you know, it's like uh, when I speak to speakers who have been in the industry a long time and we talk and we're, you know, we're having drinks, you know, uh, on the pier or, or, you know, at the bar or something like that, we're t- telling war stories. You know, we all talk about that, uh, that big break that just so happens about being in the right place at the right time you know, and, uh, the positioning in proximity, very important. Yeah. I remember an
0: article I wrote long, long ago, uh, titled creating your own luck. And it talked a lot about, you know, putting yourself in a position where lightning is more likely to strike. I mean, if you need lightning, if you need to get struck by lightning, go high and ignore all the warning signs (laughs) as a storm (laughs) approaches. And that's, yeah, it's just the same thing. I mean, you're right in the thick of it. And and what you said about you're eventually going to see everybody you've ever known at some point or another coming through Vegas is absolutely true because that really does sound like it's still a hub. It's still the place mm-hmm. everybody likes to have events, And, and um, which I, I didn't doubt. I thought it just sort of went sort of on the down low. And also the people who used to do them that I was really tied into, Uh, Got out on them. It was hard to put on really big events the way that they were. Do you see events being any different now than, like, the big seminar way back when, Armin Morin and places and things like that, Carl Galletti's old stuff? You
2: don't get it. Well, here, here's the thing, you know, it's like I used to see, you know, like one particular industry and then they have their trends, but there's other industries as well. Like like in the world that I grew up, uh, the way people did like JV affiliates with, with 50-50 splits and stuff like that, there are – now I'm you know, entering into other circles of influence that are very – similar they're almost like the doppelganger you know type of industries Uh, Uh but they don't do splits you know they're 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 like a little bizarro world they're like they look the same but they operate completely different right and so while i see one particular trend you know kind of like not as much those uh hotel uh hotel rentals in vegas has like quadrupled over the last couple of years the prices why because there's other industries that are emerging. So it's kind of like a, the who moved my, my mm-hmm. cheese type of thing is it didn't die. It just got moved. You know, there's just a different yeah. place with that, you know. Um, you know and so speaking of being in the right place at the right time, um, you know, Gina, you're, you're in Florida, and I thought it was interesting how – um, I used to be one of the, uh, the chairman of the Winter circle, uh, where we had uh, a lot of speakers there, uh, in the industry. So I got to meet a lot of people across the nation and really see behind the scenes on their business. And it was funny how people would joke about how many real estate gurus lived in Florida, right? Like everyone lived in Florida. And why was that? And you know, I have a, have a theory of that, you know, if you were an act wanting to be an actor, and you live in Montana, you're going to have a problem, right? But if you're an actor living in Mm -hmm. Hollywood, well, then that would work. Uh, So if you wanted to be a model and you lived in, you know, New York City, well, then you're going to have a better chance. Well, if you were like a real estate teacher and you lived in Florida, you would have a better chance because the culture in Florida, uh, in, in that particular industry was very different than across the nation. Across the nation, I would talk to um, uh, real estate, te- you know, uh, speakers, and they would say, "Oh no, we don't. Sp- you know, there's other people in my city, but we don't speak to them because they're our competition." And a lot of the world was very competitive mindset, while in Florida, it was very cooperative. It's like, "Oh, they learn from you. They're going to want to learn from me. They're going to want to learn from that person," and so they really like, combined together to create a very healthy, uh, uh, really kind of non-competitive, but competitive, non-competitive marketplace. And so, therefore, if you were to be uh, a brand-new person in Florida, you would have uh, a huge advantage of success because you're in the right place at the right time. Yeah.
0: What kind of – what's a weird event that – like a crossover kind of thing that you've done – where you looked out from the stage and go, what the heck am I doing here? Or how did these people, how did this become an association or an entity or an industry or whatever that would support a conference that would have me as a speaker? I mean, where have you felt at at least initially a little out of your element that you've done a speaking
2: gig? You know, um, so I have grown up as an entrepreneur, you know, kind of renegade, uh, you know, solo entrepreneur and that, that sort of stuff. So sometimes around um, around uh, some corporate uh, things that are very, very corporate, uh, sometimes I don't quite personally identify with them as much. Um, but the one that kind of really surprised me uh, is I went to this, uh, this bloggers uh, event, and it was – Wow boy, like fifty maybe eighty thousand people with a lot of people. And uh um, Wow and i yeah, and at first thought I thought, oh, I would totally fit in with this group. This would be like great, right? But this was this was more of like the general market. So this wasn't like bloggers who understand business and were very successful. So, so, uh, so this got this sense to where I got to reach like the other ninety percent of the people. And uh, the idea of growing was um, uh, well, it, it wasn't part of their culture. <laughs> like, you know, uh, this, yeah. you know, uh, I was I was very business. It was like they were very against selling. You know, in uh, in a, in a uh selling or or yeah exactly and and it's like well then how do you how do you grow you know oh yeah the blogger the blogger
0: community so that was that might have been early on right because man there was a huge like when we marketers started to use blogs and i was one of the first to do it they did not like us because they really hated like the word monetization they didn't you know it was really a different world and then the marketers took it over and the bloggers are like hey i don't have to live in poverty if i don't want to there are del- yeah. you know there are nice ways that i can make money that doesn't really sound like the way i characterized it before boy did they characterize us as just Ugh, car salesmen and oh, but, putting
2: an ad on their blog oh, was just below them <laughs> oh yeah totally and yeah so i found out very very you know, kind of strange or weird. And, you know, and, and so I've, I realized, you know, stay in your lane, find the niche, find, find your audience, you know, and, and, that, and yeah. that really works. Yeah. I'm getting so, fed
0: um, notes here and, and I have, they're really, really <laughs> cryptic, a little bit cryptic. They've been written quickly. I can tell, uh, sure. ask about the reason he photoshoots in the rain box for warrior two Oh, and in the desert on the mountains. I don't know what that means, but I've asked you. Oh,
2: well, you know, as uh, as uh, social media goes, um, uh, you know, or, or in business in general, I, I think you know, marketing has uh, is evolving to more than just you know the the copywriting that we used to do. Uh, we have to be more interactive, more entertaining uh, with social media. Uh, you know there's uh, you can 't just like put out an email anymore you 've got to engage in, in those sort of things and so I had a photo shoot you know so the, this just creative ways of uh, getting more attention and uh, the photo shoot I did was a, was called a rain shoot, and um, we came up with a fourteen 14- Part series of of these photos that would be like really kind of killer, and it, and we took the the concept of the hero's journey of of writing a um, uh, a bio and and what that person would go through, and we took these photos that were in. Um, uh, uh, Inside an inside studio where he literally made it rain on the inside of the building, right? And so we're taking these but, great photos. But, but not on that, that, that nice map <laughs> oh, <No. laughs> that's I'm, funny because everyone every time I show that picture, everyone says, "Did you really get that computer wet?" <laughs> that's that's one of the first things everyone says about it. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> hey, just for everybody's reference,
0: <laughs> okay. uh, go to warrior20 dot com and you can see the picture I'm thinking I'm 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 looking at and that uh, AJ yeah. is describing warrior twenty or warrior the number two and the number yeah. zero dot com warrior20, yeah.
2: Yes. Exactly. So I, I know you probably yeah. didn't get it wet, but dang, it was a It was man. a it was a broken, <laughs> was a bro- was a broken Mac. <laughs> okay, a little inside note good. for everyone behind the scenes: the Mac was broken. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it was just a good. Well, let's talk about, about that a bottom. little bit more because
0: it's it's, oh, it's actually just, yeah. really cool to see somebody do that. To go, I love it when I see, especially marketers, especially old timers like us who have been doing it for a while, and we're the least likely to move to the new thing it seems to me like the you know we started out back in the warrior forum some of us and and there wasn't any ability to do this stuff I mean it would cost a lot for us to even show an image like that way back in the early days in terms of bandwidth Uh which we didn't have to be able to do that certainly not video and everything else and then as that grew uh, I I watched a lot of people including me I kind of keep it you know, on the down low a little bit. I feel super anonymous compared to guys like you who are out there doing it. But you've really embraced the the whole new medium, everything that's going on, and the kids that are coming up nowadays. It's always been like that for them. So, like, make a video, do something really cool, and I like to see you know, when you guys do that because it's really neat, and you do stand out. You know,
2: yeah. One of the things, um, you know, for myself, actually, this is a uh, feeling like a fresh you know a breath of fresh air. Uh, because I actually grew up as an entertainer, uh, you know, from 14 to 26, I was a professional magician. I worked on cruise ships, doing magic shows and those sort of things. So, like, my nature is actually being very entertaining, and, and I love that. And it's just that, uh, you know, um, uh, I didn't actually have the opportunity to express all of that. And so, yeah, now that I get a chance to do that, um, I find it uh, uh, the ability to... Embrace, you know, this new medium uh, fits really well. And uh, I can bring up some of the entertainment, uh, the artistic side of uh, things. And it's it's really working out uh, for that. And, you know, and today with so much stuff out there, you've got to have a competitive edge. and But the competitive edge is about getting attention, you know, and yeah. – and everyone's kind of doing the same thing, the same way to grab that attention. And, you know, if you could just do something a little more unique, a little more different, there's a lot of creative people that can that can get that. Like the, this photo shoot has a lot of creativity uh, to it. Uh, it's the same photographer that takes pictures for like um, Cirque du Soleil, these great aerial photos and great, you know, dance. So I went to a photographer who takes pictures of, acrobats and gymnasts and dancers to get my business photos done <laughs> right you know so I want uh, to an entertainment person to do that I did you know when I'm looking up a website or you know if I want to do like a template it's like okay well I don't want to be the business what's grabbing attention today these entertainment things right or you know, what entertainment is grabbing what's happening in pop culture you know, and then we can follow that, yeah. you know. Um, uh, I have a theory, and this is a theory that came up a long time ago because I'm using MTV as a reference <laughs> for it, but, you know, whatever happens in pop culture is going to be the next business trend in about five to six years, right? Uh, uh, so if right. You look, so, for example, let's, let's – date myself even more, (laughs) you know, back in the 80s, it's like, you know, you had a, you had Michael Jackson, you uh, you know, Madonna, uh, uh, George Michaels, uh, and and it was just like bigger than life persona, right? And then you look at like uh, the earlier 90s or, or, you know, mid 90s, it's like, what were, the big business success then. It was, hey, look, you know, it was Tony Robbins, hey, look, come to my castle. Let's go helicopter surf. You know, it was, it was like bigger than life, and that was what was sold. Well, then, after uh, in music and pop culture, it went from, uh, you know, Michael Jackson and went to Nirvana, the grunge band. Why? Because they were the guys mm-hmm. next door, the garage band next door, just like you. Well, then, again, after the, the, the helicopter, where did Tony Robbins go uh, after that? It was take off the suit, crew neck T-shirt. Hey, I might, you know, I'm, I'm a millionaire, but truth is I'm just like you, right? And so there was that trend, you know, that kind of happened there. And so nowadays, you know, there was a, there was that trend where all of a sudden, the, all, every celebrity was like having babies, you know? It's like everybody <laughs> had babies and, you know, and like all the celebrities were having babies. And then in business, uh, all of a sudden you started seeing you know, the, the accentuating of family values, being able to t- provide for your family, or, or those sort of things start being really good. Because what was happening is this is pop culture. So this is what the world is being told. This is what success looks like, right? This is what success looks like. Right. And so five, eight years down the line, when business starts catching those people who – are now in a position to want that success, they're going to use reference that they grew up with. That's like, I'm an 80s kid, right? I'm always going to be 80s success, right? So these people are going to use that success as their model. This is what success looks like. And so therefore we need to market to that. Yeah, Yeah. it makes total sense.
0: Yeah. Gina, I heard you yeah. on. Are you are you ready, you getting ready for a question there or are you just eavesdropping?
1: I'm just eavesdropping.
0: <laughs> no, all right. I so just you, heard you back there. I'm like, "Uh-oh, she might be getting ready for something here."
1: I don't know how you uh, heard me. I was yeah. on
0: mute. <laughs> I
2: sensed you. We're very connected. Um, so, so Gina, are you I in also have area? a
1: Oh good. Say that again.
2: Oh, I was just asking from Gina. You're in the Tampa area.
1: No, I'm down in Fort Myers, but I get up to Tampa oh, Fort quite Myers.
2: often. Okay, okay, fantastic. I, I I lived in Fort Myers for a little bit. <laughs> very good.
1: Well, and you're in one of my very very favorite places in Vegas these days. I love <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> yes. Haven't been there in a while. Got to get back soon. I think That's we exactly might be good. knocking
0: on your door pretty soon. Hi, it's Leverage Masters. Uh, we're at your gate. <laughs> we're coming up. <laughs> well,
2: I, sh- I probably shouldn't All say right. this on your show, but I have this—I have this uh, belief that every time I think, "Don't say something," that I need to say it. So, I actually have two houses in Las Vegas. So, I was living in Tampa, Florida, and Las Vegas at the same time, uh, and I love the idea of having two homes. It just—it just really worked because I was always in Vegas uh, every other month. And it was cheaper for me to pay for another mortgage than to pay for a week hotel every other month. Right. You know? And so, uh, when yeah. I moved back to Vegas, uh, I got so used to having two houses. I just kept them. So I have two houses here in Vegas and one's a business house. And I always have, uh, my business friends, uh, yeah, they do knock at my gate <laughs> and say, how are you? And, and then, uh, and then I have them stay with me.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, you probably shouldn't yeah, so have said good. that because, uh, Gina, what are you yeah. doing next week?
2: <laughs>
0: let's go to Vegas. Well, it's been so long you know. since I've even uttered the words, let's go to Vegas, or we're going to Vegas. I, it's been a while for that me, That
1: would be awesome, Jack. There
0: <laughs> there's another well, note here.
1: Ask him, about, okay,
0: ask him about the methodology of subconscious and conscious, overcoming self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to ask yeah. you that, and now I have.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you know, so over all these years of working live events, working with entrepreneurs, um, I'll tell you, I, I have a great admiration for entrepreneurs. They are today's warriors. They are the ones who go out, and they're, they're, they're learning a skill. They're learning a way to provide for their family, for their lives. Like, they're, they're amazing, and, and I, I often talk about their goals and their dreams and, uh, and it's quite inspirational. But one part that really kind of, uh, uh, kind of breaks my heart is seeing all these people with great dreams and then they just don't go any further than that. And I see their dreams die and it, it, it breaks my heart because I see someone put so much heart and effort into it and, and they go out and they learn. And quite frankly, I go to the events that they go to and they learn things and yet they still have challenges. And it's because they start self-sabotaging themselves. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter uh, if, what seminars you go to, getting coaching, uh, what what education, what books you're reading. If you self-sabotage yourself. You're the challenge, right? And so most people know what to do. They just can't get themselves to do it. I mean, how many of us would be like crazy more successful if we only applied what we already know, right? And, um, and so that just seems to be a big, big challenge. And yet, you know, when they, they already know enough to do the next phase, and yet they're not getting the results, so they go learn more, more things that they can't apply, <laughs> and and until they get to learn to master themselves, there is a challenge there. And so we do this uh, program called Eliminate Self-Sabotage, and uh, we take people through a three-step process of doing that. So I use the, the hypnosis. Now, uh, for some of your listeners, I'm sure they're going, well, you know, why hypnosis and what is hypnosis and all that sort of things. And, you know, for the sake of this conversation, um, I'm just going to describe it as a super, super effective subconscious learning, um, uh, learning process. So it's like teaching a uh, teacher-student. It's like learning on a subconscious emotional level uh, your beliefs about who you are. And so we use this hypnosis uh, to find out what is. what do people do? What is your self-sabotaging behavior? You know, uh, for some If they have a block of, like, uh, the five biggest emotional blocks are worthiness, uh, fear of rejection, looking bad, um, negative beliefs about money or sales, um, and procrastination. Those are some of the the big things. And if a person, you know, they want to make a million dollars, but they also don't feel worthy, then they are going to self-sabotage themselves. And so there's a lot of seminars right now that talk about, hey, you need to increase your, your consultation rates. You know, it's like you need to be, you know, what's your 10000 high ticket $20,000 program? And the person hasn't done any personal work. So, you know, they, they want to raise their rates, but they don't feel worthy of it. So now they've got a price that they're never going to go sell. And so they'll sabotage themselves. A common self-sabotage behavior is underpricing yourself. Right, because they don't feel that worthy. Of so we identify what is it that a person does to sabotage themselves, and why they do it. Because there's always what we call a secondary gain, uh, the uh, something that they, uh, some reason why they do that. It keeps them safe. It keeps them where they are. There's a there's a win for not growing. You know, and we help them find that out. Then we take them through a phase where we help them, you know, uh, let go and eliminate uh, that that fear completely. But then you also have to go for more, and we do that through, you know, through coaching, through teaching them, and using the process of hypnosis to help them eliminate that self sabotage. Nice. And, and yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm.
0: Well, I was going to ask it I keep hearing people talk about hypnosis, and it's like, well, okay, that's been around long enough now that if it didn't work, people would not be talking about it now, and people like you wouldn't be doing it now and and what is it about it that you know the mechanics of it? why are we susceptible to things, and why does it why does it work
2: anyway mm-hmm. well, you know it really gets into. You know, you've know, you got your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, right? And the conscious mind is the mind that all of your listeners are listening to me right now, determining whether or not the information I'm giving them is correct or not. It's saying, well, that's good. He's right about that. I don't know about that. You know, that's, that's a critical conscious mind. Mm-hmm. But then there's a subconscious mind, and that subconscious mind is more like a computer. It's, uh, it's non-critical. It just takes in information. Right? And, uh, you know, like garbage in, garbage out, you know, good programs in, good programs out. But it's the part of your a mind that tells your heart to beat, your lungs to breathe, what actions you take on a natural and regular basis. 1,500 words per minute telling you who you are and who you aren't. And so before you even, you know, go up and talk to someone about that next business deal, you've got a subconscious belief that's natural that you don't even have to think about, and it's already going to think for you about who you are, what, you know, what's going to happen, and it controls, it controls the whole entire show. And so what the hypnosis process is, is set aside the critical factor of that conscious mind, the part that, um, that makes all these uh, you know, critical decisions, and getting to the subconscious part, which is more of an emotional uh, charge. And, and starts dealing with that and relearning, reprogramming uh, them to, to see things in a different way to, uh, to change everything. So, you know, the result of changing our beliefs is, is absolutely everything because what people want is they want a new result, they want something different in their life, right? And the only way they're going to get it is by taking different actions and behaviors. In other words, you take one action, you'll get one result, you take a different action, you'll get a different result. You know, uh, you, you make a, uh, a business offer, you'll get a result. You don't make the offer, you'll get a different result. Or maybe you take a certain action, but you do it ineffectively or effectively that will change that result. So if we could just change our actions, we'll get the results that we're looking for. Well, what, affects our actions. Uh, something that highly influences that is our emotions. And so with our emotions, if you are optimistic and, uh, you know, confident and, and positive, the action when you are negotiating that next business deal will be very different than if you are in a fear place. You know, if your emotion is uh, pessimistic and you are doing that uh, business negotiation, you're going to get a different result. And so now it's a matter of let's manage our emotions that will uh, influence our actions and influence our results in our life. Well, then how do we manage our emotions? And uh, you know, a th- big key piece about managing our emotions is our beliefs, right? So if we believe we're worthy, our emotions will be different, our actions and our results. And if we believe we're not worthy, well, then, uh, that also changes our emotions, actions, uh, actions, and results. So now we just have to yeah. get into changing our beliefs, <laughs> and that's where the hypnosis comes in. The, um, I particularly teach a lot of regressional hypnotherapy uh, where, we, where we go into you know, times of childhood and lessons learned because most of our programming is done before eight years old. And what we learn about money, what we learn about who we are, what we learn about, you know, uh, life uh, generally comes from that. And then we get these beliefs about, you know, uh, you know, money, is it a good thing or is it, you know, uh, an evil, the root of all evil, you know, which one is it, you know, and that influences a lot yeah. right? on the things. Yeah. What
0: about just, what about daily attitude? This morning on my walk, I kicked my mind's butt because I caught it thinking about uh, a lot of negative stuff just negative uh, about things that i could clearly and easily see the positive side of and, I, and and my mind was choosing the negative and i i chastised myself for it i'm like hey it, when you talk about managing your emotions managing your thoughts and the action you know and the actions will follow after that little mental butt kicking i gave myself i took back control of my thoughts i took back control so that i could just opt to see the bright side of everything I was thinking about. And then it just dovetailed into all kinds of other stuff. And I came home and I've already had a more productive day than I did in the last couple of days. And I plan on kicking some serious ass for the rest of the day. And I think it all started there. And it started when I caught myself letting my mind just wander. Mm -hmm. And I also have, um, there's quotes out there. I don't know, you know, verbatim, but they basically talk about how, if you don't give your mind something productive to do, constructive to do, it will find something else to do. And that's exactly what I found myself <laughs> this morning doing is I let my mind just go to playland. And it was just it was just it just wandered down a dark hallway for some reason and that's what it randomly seemed to choose to do and I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't standing guard. I wasn't managing my thoughts or anything like that like you just mentioned. And uh, I had a personal mm-hmm. experience with it today. And I changed it around, and I'm having a better day than I've had in, in a few days. So that stuff's powerful,
2: That's because <laughs> you're, you're a warrior, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I talk about um, uh, the warrior lifestyle, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, whether it's like martial artists or, you know, uh, you know warriors throughout history or different types of warriors, you know, one of the key elements is self-awareness. And I think this is something that, you know, a lot of people really kind of ignore. Um, and and they, they, I, I, it amazes me that, uh, you know, really don't have that much self-awareness of their thoughts, mindfulness, right? And so here's the thing. It's mm-hmm. not that we never have negative thoughts. It's not that, you know, that there's different things. In fact, negative thoughts sometimes help us prepare, you know, for certain things, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's doing it on purpose. Or, you know, being reactive or proactive. And so, you know, what you did was, you know, you went through that, you noticed it. First of all, congratulations. Most people don't notice it. And then when they notice it, it's like, oh, this is just where I am. And they surrender to that. They go, okay, I'm having a bad day. Great, you notice, but they don't do anything about it. Right? They don't have a strategy about yeah. it. Right, and so now you've got to you know have those strategies, and so you know I, I learned personal development since uh, when I was four you know I can remember hearing that from my dad when I was four years old. All my life, uh, listening about be number one, be positive, be number one. So much so when I was a kid, uh, I hated personal development. I said enough. I don't <laughs> want to be number one anymore. No. You know yeah. my my dad was very loving and supportive. He said, Look, if you don't want to be number one, that's okay. Just do me a favor. Come in last. Bed last. Not second to last, very last. If you're gonna be a failure, I want you to be the best failure there is. <laughs> like don't let anyone feel <laughs> more than you. It was like, Oh God, He still got I'm you to develop it from- he wanna do Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> but here's the thing. As much as I didn't want to hear it, I had the tools. I knew they existed you know so all of a sudden i'm in my early 20s and stuff like that and there comes a time where a child wants to do something and they know it's there and so they can use it and so we go to these personal development seminars we learn different tools and strategies so that you could do, so that you today could be walking re- catch yourself realizing it but then you know what to do you know how, you have the experience you have the experience of shifting your mindset into something productive right and, and, and plan for it. And then that's how we keep going. You know, as, as entrepreneur warriors, we've, you know, the idea of letting those negative mindsets attack our, 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 our senses and stop us, well, that's just not an option. You know, that's just not an option today. And mm-hmm. if, if I have to bat, you know, uh, the biggest battle is with ourselves. The biggest battle is just with our own mindset. And so we're going to practice each and every day, you know, of, of what it needs to do. And so, what can we do to make a a um, you know positive habit, so that you know maybe we don't go there in the first place, you know, or you know on that walk, do you have, uh, you know, uh, is it you know always just random thoughts, or do we have specific things that we plan on ahead of time? About on this walk, I'm going to be thinking about this. You know, these are the types of the way I speak about myself. And that's uh, you know, that's, yeah. all that subconscious programming. Yeah, that's awesome. Well,
0: I, <laughs> I, I like to back off of it a little bit away from the specifics because one of the things that helped me, it might help others, uh, and maybe you can explain what's actually going on. But I just backed off of it and said, look, it's not something that we have to do because of something else, like because we want to succeed at business or because we want our personal relationships to be better, we're here i believe to deal with this issue primarily as human beings that is our core mm-hmm. condition of humanity to we've been given a great gift with this intellect and this ability logical thinking and uh, you know all of these things but it also comes as a curse if you don't understand that the primary reason we're here is to wrangle that sucker to get on the back of that horse and You know, and ride it, you know, down the beach without a saddle and not thinking about how dangerous that is (laughs) and do it. But I think a lot of people, I did, I I treated it like something on the side, like a side item, you uh know, just, you know,
2: broccoli or something like that. And it's
0: not the broccoli of life. It's life itself.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because I actually recognize that as a business trend as well. You know, uh, you know, uh, back, uh, you know, before, before real estate crash, everything was about the money, you know, the money, the money, money, become multimillionaire.
1: millionaire. Mm-hmm. I'll tell
2: you from business trend nowadays, um, people don't want to hear, Hey, this is how you become a millionaire. You know, uh, the people are really just wanting lifestyle. You know, what they want is an enjoyable yeah. lifestyle and what, the, what they're getting, you know, as much as, Hey, you need to do this to be successful. That's still kind of an external thing, you know, to, to become the right. millionaire is an external thing, or to, to do these things are all kind of external things, and um, and it will always be kind of looking outside of yourself, you know, for that for that. And the whole uh, program, uh, I've been saying the word warrior because my program's called Warrior 2.0. It's a next evolution of of personal leadership. And it's about no longer source – it's about sourcing more internal, you know, self-motivation. That way I don't need to go to another seminar to be motivated. I can motivate myself, you know, self-inspiration, self-accountability, you know, self-coaching, self-learning, you know, self-responsibility, self-discipline, you know, all these things. When we can start sourcing a lot of that on the inside of us uh, and and realize if we could just be – and for my instance, be the warrior – Well, then I don't need to strive for anything else. Everything else comes into play. Uh, 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 All this, the right amount of success, uh, you know, from uh, a materialistic point of view comes out, the right amount of business success. I get to be exactly who I want to be, and the rest of the world shows up and aligns itself with me instead. Because that's what I'm striving for, the best me. And then the world aligns that instead of me shifting to everything else in the world. Which is exhausting, quite frankly, right? You know. Well, yeah, so, yeah, but it's like
0: behind. It's always behind the eight ball. It's you're not even living life yet. You're not at ground zero yet. You're not at the starting line yet. If you're working and it's all external, like you're describing, you haven't even. All you're trying to do is become a fulfilled, productive human being. That's basically a new car off the lot with a tank of gas in it. And, and when <laughs> the way I was doing it, the way I used to do it, is I had a beat-up old beater. It had no gas in it, and I'm trying to live life. I'm trying to succeed, and I don't have the, the tools. I didn't have the tools to just be a mm-hmm. normal human being with, and really be aware, self-aware, aware of all of our power, aware of all of the things that we can do to all the self stuff that you, that you mentioned, the big long list, that is all uh-huh. just to get to the starting line, and I see people spending almost their whole lives behind the starting line with the old jalopies, half a tank of gas, thinking they're living life, and they haven't even begun, because once you get to that level, I've watched you know, people that you work with, I know, and, and people that I've mm-hmm. worked with, that, that they are past that. They're already way down the track because they've got all that crap in order, and then they began to go from there, and that's when the really big stuff happens. And it seems like you can track that with successful people around you. You can track, well, they got started a lot sooner. And what I'm tracking when I'm doing that is that they seem to be actualized. They seem to be, they seem to be all here. And they seem to know how to handle this physical reality that we've been given and how to deal with thoughts and emotions and everything else. And then they take those tools, start at the starting line, and go live life, which means success in business and everything else.
2: And I just see a lot mm-hmm. of
0: people like you described were just doing all the time. They think, well, I just need to get somebody else to help me. And that might be true in context, but you shouldn't always need somebody else. <laughs> like somebody needs to help yeah. you, and then you're done with that. You're done with that, and you go on. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, the idea, um, you know, so I kind of look at like, uh, like this, this journey goes back and forth between, you know, uh, uh, extremes. And, and uh, this journey is – because it's like layers. It's like how many times have we, have we started over again, right? <laughs> and then, and, then yeah, it's like yeah. and it's like over and over again. We're, we're like you – know, I'm like in my fourth phase of life right now, you know? And, and uh, life is very different than before, than before, than before. And so I can see some people where, like, one person might look, like, financially successful in one way. And here's another person who's been doing way, way longer, and they seem to have the, almost the same amount of success. But the reality is, no, they don't. You know, they might have the same amount of financial success, but this other one is way more well balanced, way more happier, way more this, and that took life experience to make that happen. And so you said, you know, uh, so now we're finding a lot of people, you know, in their in uh, in the more mature years. And they are going like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, starting all over again. Like, why didn't I know this before? And it's like – and they feel it's like it's too late, you know? And so, you know,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: to them, I say, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago, right? Right. And if you didn't plant it 20 years ago, then when's the second best time to plant a tree? Today. You know? Because if you didn't start that journey, so what? Start it now. What are you doing today? You can learn a lot. You know, from, uh, you know, uh can learn a lot and you can find yourself a lot. And so um, I do a program. It's called Warrior 2.0. And uh, the whole, idea, if I looked at the word warrior in business, if uh, I Google that, number one thing that comes up on many, many pages down is Spartan. <laughs> you know, like this idea of a Spartan warrior, this fighter, mm-hmm. this, you know, this that, that 300 image. Yeah, exactly. And, um, my idea of Warrior 2.0, the evolution of that is, no, it's different. There's different types of warriors because I see so many entrepreneurs looking to succeed using someone else's model of success, and it's not leading them to happiness. And, it's, and they're beating themselves up saying, I can't be like you you know, these gurus say you want to be successful, you got to be like me. Well, I can't be like you, and then they all are frustrated and they try to. Well, two people finding their own level of success, you know, their own path of success. There are peaceful warriors out there. There are Buddhist monk warriors. There are people who are warriors because they're strategic. You know, they don't all pick up the sword. You know, some of them are leaders in the in the in the. And they educate and they teach, so the, the idea of what a warrior is nowadays is to be so much more and so much more personal. But there are still some very key principles. To every type of warrior, there's, there's something, you know, the, the, the warrior that picks up the sword and the, the, war, the warrior that is Gandhi, there, there, there are some similar traits, and that is, you know, a commitment to an idealism, you know, the idea of discipline, uh, uh, courage, vision, you know, those are all like key essential things that the world just kind of hopes that you have it. You know, it's never really taught. You know, which, uh, the whole, you know, education is based off of academics, but where do you get the life experience? Where do we get those sort of things? And if you didn't learn it, you know, uh, uh, by accident in school, in, <laughs> then you, as adults, where do we get to learn that? We don't get those opportunities as much, you know, and so, um, and so that's what I do. I, I have a five-day retreat that we put together, and we give adults these experiences that they didn't have to where they can build up courage and those sort of things. And they have a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about these experiences, because that
0: doesn't sound like sitting in front of a stage listening to somebody drone on about email
2: marketing. Yeah. Well, you know, so when it comes to business entrepreneurs, right, the, the way they're going to buy programs, this is, a, you know, from a seminar point of view, industry uh, viewpoint – People always buy money programs first. Show me some of that makes me money, and, I'll, and they they invest in that first. Then they invest in communication or relationship leveraging programs second, and then they buy personal <clears throat> development mindset programs last if they do at all. And my belief is if they just turn that upside down, if they could work on their mindset first, you know, if they work on their 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 confidence, their discipline, their, their ability to follow through. If they worked on that first and then they worked on communication, connecting with others, synergizing, talking, you know, uh, influence, then tell me a business after that, that they cannot be successful in. Right. And so right. you have the, you go to every, every highly successful person and Tell me one highly successful person that won't tell you that mindset is the number one thing, right? They'll tell you mindset right. is the number one thing, then everyone buys everything but mindset. <laughs> right. And so, right. And so Yeah, so they, they say that, but then they do something different. So the uh, the Warrior Program is all experiential. In fact, in some ways, I don't feel like I teach anything in that class <laughs> because what I do is I set up – scenarios for learning. And so uh, um, the oldest forms of personal growth is is like religion, martial arts, and quite frankly, in in development, childhood playing, you know, when you play, I like singers, dancers and fighters, because when they do their art, they can't hide who they are. And so we play games for five days. A Some of them are, a little, are, are are fun and inspirational. Some of the games are a little bit scary and uncomfortable, but they're designed to help you become aware of what are your true thoughts. Some people say, hey, you know, um, uh, I believe in win-win, and they think they play win-win, but when we play this game, they sure did not <laughs> play win-win, and yeah. they find out what they actually believe, you know, not what they were told to believe, what they actually believe. Right. And then we are able to change that, you know? And so for example, we were, uh, we'll, you know, we'll take people and we'll go to a batting cage. Like when, as an adult, when was last time you were at a batting cage, you know, uh, probably, oh, like man. almost never yeah. <laughs> like high, high school. Right. Right. And so I take all these adults to the batting cage. Are they confident in their ability uh, at that batting cage? Heck no, they haven't done it forever. They, they, don't, they don't have any confidence in this at all, but they step up to the plate, they swing, and they miss a lot, and then they hit, and they get that, but they hit, and they get hit, and they start to, to get some wins, so let me ask you this question. To get that win, did that person need to have confidence? No. They got, they got hit. Uh-uh. They were winning, but they had zero confidence because they had no experience, right? So do you need confidence to win? No. What did they need? They needed courage. They needed courage to step up to the plate and do it without confidence. But after they do it a t- few times and they start getting hits, then their confidence starts rising. But so many entrepreneurs are like, well, when I get confident, then I'll do it. Not going to happen. Yeah, You've got to be able to take action you know, and have that courage beforehand. So we do a lot of high rope scores, do a lot of emotional a lot of healing, a lot of eliminating the self-sabotage, a lot of the programming that I've been telling you, talking to you about today we do, we do at our uh, five-day retreat that we do. Where, where do these things happen? Um, well, I've been doing this twice a year, every year. Uh, for almost over 20 years, <laughs> right? Wow. And so through this, I've been seeing a lot. Yeah, and um, a majority of them, uh, uh, the first few were in San Diego, but the majority of them are here in Las Vegas. However, uh, I am doing one special one uh, uh, coming up very, very soon uh, in June uh, in Seattle. So it's the first time I'm taking it outside of Las Vegas and uh, bringing it, uh, it to a new city. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a five day retreat. Uh, you, normally, this is what other people would consider uh, the high end program of of what other companies would do. But for me, it's like the entry point because that's a, it's the start of everything great. Uh, when when uh, as you you call it a starting line, you're like when they when they get that, then yeah. all of a sudden uh, it's a it's a great start
0: you guys can find out more at warrior20 warrior the number 20.com warrior2.0 yep. is what that stands for. I just subscribed yep. so I'm looking for some really good stuff to come through on my email <laughs> and uh, so with a couple of minutes that we have left um, so you've got 20 years of data on this thing, man. Tell me
2: one or two oh, really yeah. quick
0: success stories that you that you've seen come through.
2: Uh boy, boy. Uh, so let me just the, when you said that the first How thing that to my mind are, are are some of the extreme ones, right? You know, so here's uh, I have this one lady who came in on a wheelchair, in a wheelchair, and uh, basically, um, you know, I was asking the family, like, what's her condition for that? It, it, uh, you know, what's what's going on with her? And reality is, physically, there was absolutely no reason why she was in the wheelchair. It was, a, it was a mental state. She, she held herself as incapable, paralyzed, scared in life so much that she was, wow. she was so scared of life, she was paralyzed and put into a chair from fear. And, wow. and it's like, how long has she been in there? Like 10 years, you know? She, does she use it all the time? She used to, the wheelchair about uh, uh, 80, 85% of the time of her life. You know, she was in that wheelchair, you know, so she knew that. So that's that's a pretty extreme, like, stuff. And so, um, you know, we did the processes, and we did this one particular process where we did some healing of of that fear. And uh, in the middle of this process, um, I actually picked her up from the wheelchair. And this is on day two of of five days. Uh, And I danced with her. I danced with her. And for the rest of that event, um, uh, she didn't use her wheelchair, and I kept on reinforcing it with dancing with her, you know, in that and in, in, in getting out of the life, and uh, and she hasn't used her wheelchair since. So I mean, that's, that's kind wow. of a far extreme uh, e- example, you know, of things. But uh, you know, people with insomnia who couldn't sleep, you know, of uh, of uh, uh, for for years are getting more sleep. Um, many. You know, many of the uh, the seminar you know guru speakers that I, I've worked with it uh, has uh, launched them into starting to be that, and then you know be, help them become who they are today. Um, so there's there's a there's a lot of success that is uh, changing people's worlds. Um, you know, meant, uh, I would almost say majority of the people who have gone through the event have said that it's the best seminar that they've ever attended and they've attended a lot so yeah we have a lot of great time with that well learn more about
0: it everybody at warrior 20 warrior 20.com and um aj thank you so much i really feel like we need to extend this by a few hours but in lieu of that (laughs) we definitely need to have you come back because i think we only we just scratched the surface today so thank you so much for being
2: here. (laughs) i really appreciate it i had fun with you
0: Awesome. Gina, back to you in the news desk.
1: (laughs) Great to reconnect again, AJ. And thank you so much for being here. I agree with Jack. We've got to have you back again. And Jack and I will be back (laughs) same time, same place next week. Have a great week, everybody.